This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Well, how many of you ready to get in the Word today? Are you ready? I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet, change your position. Hopefully you'll give me a few minutes of your time and... Uh, uh, I believe what I have today is going to be helpful. I believe uh, it's going to be worth coming to church for. And uh, this is the fourth part of our series entitled Going Going the Distance. And um, I'm, I'm grateful that you're here. I've, I've been praying for you at all of our campuses. Uh, I've been praying for you and um, expecting you to be here. And I believe that, that uh, it may not be what I say, but it may be the way God has you interpret what I say that's going to really help you today. I, I prayed for that, that, that you would leave here with some help and you would leave here with some answers. And I believe at all of our locations, if we'll just have laser-like focus, there is something right here that will make our life better. That means laser-like focus. That means I, I'm going to put down my phone. I'm not going to text during service. I'm not going to do the social media. I'm going to focus on God because because he really has the answers. And if, and if you'll get excited and help me preach and give me a few amens, even in Madeira or, or Fresno, I, I preach much shorter. The, 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 the quieter you are, the longer I go because I'm feeling like you're not getting it. I'm just going to pound it in, you know. So a little, if, if you're just wanting me to close, if you want me to shorten the sermon, sermon up, if you just want me to get you out of it, you just got to give me some, you got to give the preacher some help. How many of you know your preacher likes some help? So, God, I'm asking for your help today. God, we we focus on you. Our eyes are up on you. God, you know every situation. You know know what people are going through. God, I know there's people, God, here today at all of our locations. They're desperate, and they're, they're looking for the answers. And I pray, God, that you would use me to speak truth into their life. God, I pray that... That, that you'd give us laser-like focus, that we would be able to focus on the, 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 the help that you're speaking. God, help me to, to speak truth. God, speak through my mouth, think through my mind, all of you, none of me, God, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. Week four of our series entitled, again, Going the Distance. Let me give you a quick definition just so we can frame and make sure we're all on the same page. Here's what it means to go the distance in the context of what we're teaching today. Doing what it takes to finish without quitting. Doing what it takes to finish without quitting. I like this definition. It's a made-up mind determined to endure to the end of a thing. Um, this series has been about going the distance uh, in the context of a passionate relationship with God. That's what we're talking about. When we talk about going the distance, I'm going to mention that several times. That we, we need to go the distance. What I'm talking about is your passionate relationship with God. In other words, refusing to quit on God. Refusing to to quit on God's ways and refusing to quit on God's plans and God's dreams for our lives. If you've been here the last several weeks, we've talked about things that keep us from going the distance. And I would encourage you, I think this has been a powerful series. 
if you weren't here, go, go on iTunes and you can hear all the messages free of charge and, and get caught up. I believe it'd be helpful to you. Uh, you didn't get it the first time, so you can even go back and re-listen. There, there's teachings I'll, I'll listen to a hundred times. There's, these, there's teachings I have still back from the 80s that I still listen to today. I'll just listen to, oh, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Those are cassette tapes. Some of you don't know anything about that, but anyhow. The first week, we talked about how the temptation to settle keeps us from going the distance. The, the following week, we talked about losing our need for God. We just forget about God, and that keeps us from going the distance. My wife, uh, my hot wife, oh, dear Jesus, I get distracted when I think about my wife. She taught last week on Mother's Day. How many of you was here for Mother's Day? She's just a phenomenal teacher, and she talked about uh, how losing sight of the goal, the prize, will keep us from going the distance. Today, in the remaining time that I have, I want to talk about how personal failures, personal failures will try to keep us from going the distance. Now, there are so many stories in the Bible we could use to illustrate how personal uh, failures uh, would, would try to keep uh, people from going the distance. But, but one of my favorites, and I'm going to go back here today, is I want to I I want to use this great example of, of Peter, and I want to look at the life of Peter, and we're going to read through uh, a lot of verses today because I want the Bible to narrate the story. How many of you, it's a good thing if we just read the Bible? The, the, the power's in the reading of the Word, and so I'm going to read a, a lot of Bible to let the Bible narrate the story so I don't mess it up. But, but let me give you the backdrop before we start reading about the life of Peter and, and talking about his personal failure that, that almost kept him from going the distance. Uh, when we start reading here, uh, Peter is a professional fisherman. He has no relationship with Jesus. Um, and he's been, he's been fishing all night long with his crew. And now they're on the banks. Many of us know the story. They're on the banks and they're washing their nets and they're, they're discouraged and they're overwhelmed. Uh, with frustration because they've actually been fishing all night long and they have nothing to show for it. Now, now they weren't out there just for fun. They're, this is their job. If they catch no fish, they make no money. So they, they're, they're frustrated and now they're cleaning their nets. They fished all night. And we pick up the story here in Luke chapter 5. Jesus is going to come on the scene and it says, When Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, that's Peter, Take the boat into the deep water and put your nets into the water to catch some fish. Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night trying to catch fish. We, we caught nothing. You need to hear that. They caught nothing. Notice what Peter says here, though. But you say to put the nets in the water, so I will. Peter's a brilliant man because Peter doesn't debate with Jesus doesn't get frustrated with Jesus. I mean, Jesus isn't a professional fisherman. What would Jesus know about fishing? He's just a preacher. And I think a lot of times we think we're smarter than God. But, 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 but the truth is here, the wisdom is here. Maybe the answer you're looking for at all of our campuses today is maybe we ought to quit debating what, what God's Word says and just simply say, okay, God, I, I don't get this giving thing. I don't get this tithing thing. I don't get this loving thing. I don't, I don't get this forgiving thing. But I'm going to do it anyhow because you're smarter than me. I, I like that about Peter. He says, we're going we're to do it anyhow. It says, when the fishermen did as Jesus told them, 
verse, verse 6, they caught so many fish that the nets begin to break. Could you be that close to a net-breaking load of abundance? They called to their partners in, in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they were almost sinking. And when Simon Peter saw what had happened, he bowed down before Jesus and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. He's just experienced the presence of God. He's, he's seen the awesomeness of, of Jesus, and he realizes what a messed up life he has. He and the other fishermen, in verse 9, were amazed at the many fish they caught. And Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. And when the men brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and followed Jesus. These are the disciples of Jesus. They actually leave their business and they become the disciples of Jesus. I, I, I want to read from Matthew's account of the same story in Matthew uh, chapter 4. For those that don't know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell the same stories from a different perspective. So to get the whole story, you've got to read it in all three Gospels. Notice what it says here in Matthew 4.19. It says, Jesus said to them, come, follow. So Jesus asked them, hey guys, follow, follow me, and I will teach you how to catch people instead of fish. Don't miss this. This, this is a huge moment for Peter. This is actually Peter encountering Jesus for the very first time. He, again, he's so moved with this encounter. He's so moved by the awesomeness of God that he's ashamed of his life. He says, Lord, I'm a simple man. I'm a failure. And, 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 and this encounter that Peter has actually changes his life. And he leaves his business and he begins a new life by following Jesus. His life is transformed. This is when he became a Christ follower. This is the beginning of Peter's brand new life. And the Bible teaches us that for the next three years, Peter closely follows Jesus. Peter was right there by Jesus as Jesus would teach them and, and coach them about the, the things of of God. I mean, Peter was right by Jesus' side as Jesus would open the blind eyes and, and he'd open the deaf ears and he'd call, cause the, the lame or the, the paralyzed to, to stand up and begin to walk. Peter was there by the side of Jesus as he would, he would heal and deliver and cast out demons and devils and even raise dead people back to life. Peter was following Jesus. He was experiencing all of this with, with Jesus. Peter was right there. When Jesus took a little boy's lunch and blessed it and multiplied it and fed thousands upon thousands of people, Peter was right there closely following Jesus. Peter was right there by Jesus' side as Jesus invited him out onto the water where they both actually walked on water. Peter was there for three years. Peter was there by Jesus' side. Peter lived a life. Catch it. Peter lived. He was so impacted by this first encounter that, that he lives a life as one of his disciples. He's following Jesus. But after three years go by, Jesus gets the disciples together. And be, Jesus begins to tell them about the plan that he was going to be arrested and, and that they were going to take him and they were going to crucify him, that he was going to die upon a cross. 
for the sins of, 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 of the world. And so he tells his disciples, this is getting ready to go down. It's getting ready to happen. And we pick up the story in Matthew 26. And Jesus said to them, all of you will be ashamed of me and leave me tonight. Remember, Peter's following. He's close. But now Jesus is saying, hey, hey, guys, something's going to happen. You're, you're going to deny me. And Peter said to Jesus, even if all men give up, even if all men refuse to go the distance and turn away because of you, I will never. It won't happen, Jesus. And Jesus said to him, for sure, I tell you, before a rooster crows that night, you will say three times you do not know me. And Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, Jesus, I will never say, I do not know you. Peter's been following closely. Jesus sets them down. And Jesus says, you're getting ready to deny me. And Peter says, it will never happen. He says, Lord, I'll never do that. I'll never fail. I'll never. In fact, he, he, didn't, he didn't just say, I'll never, I'll never fail. He said, I'll never fail in that area. I'll, it'll, it, it'll be a cold day in hell before I ever deny my Lord. Wow. We can all, we can all relate to this. How, how many times? Maybe at the other campuses, how, how many times have you ever told God, I will never do that? I know that many of you are second cousins to Jesus, and you've never had those kinds of issues. But the truth of it is we all can relate where Peter is. Peter said, oh, Lord, I would never do that. And, and we've all done that, haven't we? Come on. You don't have to lift your hands, or maybe we should lift our hands. How many have ever I, I'll never do that, and, and the rest of you are lying. I think all the hands are up here in Clovis. That means we got a sinful bunch over here in Clovis. They're probably not as sinful at the other campuses. Oh, come on. And not only that, we, we, we do things like this. After we, after, I will never, but then it's, 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 I'll never do that again. I'll never do that again, right? Oh, God, I'll never. And if you've never, listen, if, if, if you've never said that I'll never do that, you just haven't lived long enough. You just say, just, just wait, hold on. And then we say, I'll never do that again. And what happens before the, before the next hour is up, we find ourselves doing that. So many of us here today can relate. I, I'd never do that, Lord. And the longer you live, the, the more you look back and say, man, I can't believe I did that. And I did it again and again and again. Now, just like Jesus said, the story continues. They, they actually come and they arrest Jesus, and they've taken him to be tortured and beaten and mocked and falsely accused, and, and ultimately he, he's going to be crucified. And I want you to notice how the story progresses here. Jesus has already told them, guys, you're going to deny me. And Peter said, no, it's not going to happen. I would never do that. I'll never fail. But notice what happens here. Peter has followed Jesus to the courtyard. They've taken him to be crucified. They, they've taken him to be beaten, and he's close by. To where they've taken Jesus, and we pick up the story. All this time, Matthew 26, 69, all this time Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and one servant girl came up to him and said, you were with Jesus, the Galilean, in front of everybody there. He denied it. I don't know what you're talking about. So this is just a flat-out denial. They say, you're one of them. And Peter says, no, I, I, I don't know Jesus. I, I don't know the man. It goes on to say in Matthew 26, 69, it gets worse. As he moved over towards the gate, someone else said to the people there, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, he denied it, salting his denial with an oath. 
with an oath. This is equivalent to you going into the courtroom in our nation, putting your hand on the Bible and saying, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, so help me God. He, he's not just flat out denying Jesus, but this time he is, he is swearing by an oath. It gets worse than that. Matthew 26, 69, the very thing that he said he would never do. Now he's done it once. Now he's done it twice. And here's the third time. Shortly after that, some bystanders approach Peter. You, you got to be one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he, then he got really nervous and he swore. He cussed. That's why some of you cuss, is you get nervous and it just comes out. He says, I, I don't know the man. Just, just then a rooster crowed. How many of you know um, Peter's having a bad night here? This is not good. I mean, first of all, he just, he just denies him. Just out, I don't, I don't know him. I don't know him. And then he takes it to a whole nother level. He denies him by an oath. And then he takes it to a whole nother level. And he says, I don't know the blankety blank man. It's exactly what he did. He denied Jesus, the very thing that he, he said, I will never, it'll never happen in my life. That failure will never, ever happen. It was just a few hours later and he's denying, not just once, not just twice, but he denies Jesus three times. And, and in Luke's account, we see something very interesting here. It says, at that very moment, Luke twenty two sixty. The last word hardly off his lips, Peter's lips, a rooster crowed. Just then the master turned and looked at Peter. Understand the courtyard that they were in is only about 40 yards by 40 yards. It's a small area. Jesus is at one end of the courtyard. He has been beaten. He has been mocked. He has been slapped. They pulled the beard out of his, his face. And Peter is on the other side, 40 yards away. And Peter's saying, I don't know the blankety-blank man. I've never met him before in my life. And the Bible says the moment he said that, look at what it says here. Just then the master, Jesus, turned and looked at Peter. Jesus could hear the very denial of Peter. And Peter remembered what the master had said to him. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and cried and cried and cried. One translation says he wept bitterly. I mean, here, here, here it is. He's, he's been following Jesus. He swears that he'll never, he'll never deny Christ. And in this space of about 30, 40 yards, Jesus is there. And he doesn't do it just once, but he does it twice. And then he does it three different times. And here is Jesus. He lifts up his, his bloody face having been beaten and mocked and whipped and tortured by that time. And he looks at Peter. What a moment in scriptures. What a moment that must have been. And immediately looking at the eyes of Jesus, he, he knows that he has, just, he has just failed God big time. And he begins to weep bitterly over this personal failure. What, what a sad moment. In the life of this disciple, in the life of somebody who says, I'll never do it. I'm, I'm going to follow closely, Lord. I'm your guy. I'm your go-to guy. And all of a sudden, he realizes he's had a huge personal failure. 
And this is what ends up happening next. A few days go by and Peter's with his disciples and he's trying to make sense of all of this. Stay with me. We're, we're getting somewhere. He's trying to make sense of all of this. And here's what Peter says. And Simon Peter said to the others, I'm, I'm going fishing. I'm, I'm going, I'm going fishing. And they didn't know what to say. So they said, well, we're going to come with you. And so they all went out of the boat. But all that night, they did not catch a thing. They caught nothing. Well, what's going on here? Peter is saying, I've messed up. I I failed. I've I've blown it. God God can't use me. God God doesn't want me. God has to be. I've seen his eyes. God has to be. He has to be mad at me. My, My failure is just too great. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go back to living my life. I'm, I'm going to go back to who I used to be. I, I tried this God stuff, and I just can't. I can't live it. So now Peter's allowing this, this personal failure. It's huge, but he's allowing this personal failure to disqualify him from going the distance And here's what Peter does, and here's what we do. So we go back, and we try to make life work without God. I messed up. I screwed up. Man, God can't love me. I I can't do this this, this God thing. And so we just go back trying to make life work. And, And notice what happened when they went back trying to make life work. It's the same way for us. The Bible says they caught nothing. It never works. You're still empty. You can't live your life without the master. You need Jesus. We've got to go the distance. There's nothing to go back to. And guess who shows up right in the midst of their, their, their nothing? Jesus. You've got to be kidding me. Jesus shows up to the very guys that that stabbed him in the back, that, that, that had this huge personal failure, that, 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 that denied him. We don't even know the blankety-blank guy. And, and, and in their nothingness, they, they feel like, man, we failed. God could never use us. We're just going to go back to doing what we've always done. And You've got to be kidding. Jesus shows up right in the middle of that. I'm here to tell you, Jesus will find you wherever you're at. He says, if you make your bed in hell, he says, I'll be there. Come on, Jesus loves you too much to let you run. Come on, I'm almost done here, but I want you to see the story here. Here's what it says. When when the sun came up, Jesus was standing on the beach, but they didn't recognize him. They're out in the boat fishing about 100 yards out, and they're, they're not catching anything, and Jesus just shows up on the beach there. And Jesus spoke to them. No, this is, I love this passage. I could, I could spend all day here. Jesus says, Good morning. Good, good, good morning. <laughs> that reminds me of the verse in Lamentations that the mercies of the Lord are new every, every time I hear Jesus saying good morning. What he's saying is, I got mercy here. Come on, I got, I'm on the shore of your life. I know you, you feel like you failed too big. I, I know that you don't think I could use you. But my mercies, good morning. My mercies are new every, every morning you see that sun come up. It should remind you. That God has not quit on you. That God has not given up on you. That his mercy is new every morning. He says, good morning. 
And then he says this, uh, did you guys catch any fish? Any breakfast? And they answered and said, no. Here comes Jesus. He's just been raised from the dead. He's actually, he's actually in his resurrected body at this point. And he shows up on the beach. They don't really know it's Jesus. It's a hundred yards out. It's, you know, the sun's barely coming up, probably some mist. And uh, Jesus yells out from the shores and he says, hey guys, did, did, you, did you catch anything? You got anything to eat? You know what Jesus is really saying? Hey, hey, how's that working for you? <laughs> That's what Jesus is really saying. How's it going out there, guys? And you got to know, don't miss this. This sounds so familiar to the disciples. And they're thinking, weren't we just here? Because this is the same exact thing Jesus did three years prior. They were out fishing. And they had nothing to show for their life. And Jesus shows up. And they said, we're going to follow him. And now Jesus is back. When they said, when they said their, their failure has, has done them in, we're just going to go back to, to living our life again and in their nothing. Who is it that shows up again? Jesus shows up. And notice what the Bible said. Jesus said, throw the net off the right side of the boat and see what happens. I love this. And they did what he said. And all of a sudden, there was so many fish in it, they weren't strong enough to pull it in. They weren't strong enough. I have to stop right here. I'm about ready to close, but I have to stop right here to, 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 to give you a message in a message. There, there's a message here for our church. And as the pastor, I, I, I don't want to come across hyper-spiritual, but I'm here to tell you, I believe I've heard God. And I believe this, this moment right here where, where Jesus says, Hey, guys, um, it's not working on that side of the boat. Why don't you just go to this side of the boat? And, and what wasn't working is going to start working. And, and when I was praying and studying and looking at it, I felt like God was telling me to tell you that many of you at all of our campuses are just inches away from abundance. Just, just inches away. Over here, they had nothing, but inches away, they had, they, they had abundance. See, some of you are thinking, what we need to do is move our boat. You don't need to move your boat. Some of you are thinking, we got to get a new boat. No, you don't need a new wife. You just need to move some inches to what Jesus said. You know what you need to do? You need to love your wife like Christ loves. You don't need a new wife. What you need to do is do what Jesus has already told you concerning your wife. Just, just move those 10 inches. Ah, well, I need a new job. Well, you might, but, but Jesus might be saying to you, what you need to do is quit smack talking your boss. Can, can I just get you to move 10, 10 in? I don't need you to get in a new boat. I don't need you to move your boat. I just need you to adjust your position. So I, mean, I need to move to a new city. What if God still wants you in this city? Maybe what he wants you to deal with is the bitterness and the angerness and the offense. And if you'll move those tenants, you'll be shocked how God can bless you in the city of Fresno and Madeira and Clovis. Well, we need a new church, oh, really? We need a new pastor, oh, really? Has it come to that? Could it be that God just needs you to move? 
And instead of griping and complaining about your church and your pastor, instead of creating division and strife, get in the game and realize we're not perfect. He's not perfect. I'm not perfect. But God has brought me here and we're going to build something and we're going to have a great summer. That, that's what God is looking for. I'm here to tell you I believe celebration is just a few inches away from great abundance. If you believe that, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Wow, 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 wow. Let's wrap this thing up. Then the disciples Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the master. When Simon and Peter realized that it was the master, they're, they're out fishing. Now they've caught this boatload of fish and they're, they're like shocked. This is like, we've, we've been here before. And, and now John says, hey, that's, that, you know who that is. We've, this has happened before. He's telling Peter, that, that's, that's the master. That's, that's, that's Jesus. And, and, and before John could get all those words out of his mouth, notice that Peter, Peter threw on some clothes for he was stripped for work. I don't get this. I don't understand this. But apparently, Peter was naked fishing. So, so Peter's gonna. <laughs> Peter's gonna. Don't you love the Bible? The Bible. You ought to read it sometime. It'll just. It'll humor you. It'll. it'll so Peter's apparently butt naked in the boat, decides to put on some clothes before John can get those words out of his mouth. Peter is swimming. To Jesus. Hear, hear me. Some of the things I'm getting ready to say are the most important things of this whole message. It's the reason why we read all of that. Why, why would Jesus do the same miracle that he had done three years before? I believe what Jesus was saying to Peter and, and what I believe Jesus is saying to you at all of our campuses. He says, I'm, I'm here to remind you. Remember, Peter, when I showed up to you the very first time, I was here to remind you that when life wasn't working years ago, I did a miracle in your life to show you that, that I'm the only one that can make life work. See, see, that's the reason why Jesus did the miracle in the very first place. Peter, you're trying to do life on your own, and I'm going to show up, and, and in your nothing, I'm going to show you abundance. And remember, Peter says, I'm a simple man. And from that day forward, he followed Jesus. But now we have a, a personal failure. But Jesus is saying to Peter... Now what I'm doing is I'm doing the same miracle to show you that even after your greatest failure, I'm still the one that makes life work. So Peter, don't quit. Peter, don't draw back. Peter, don't go back. Peter, go the distance. And that's where we, we find Jesus and Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, oh Lord, you know I love you. Peter always loved Jesus. He just thought his failure had disqualified him from being used by God. And some of you feel that same way. Oh, you love God. You love God more than you, you know. But you feel like your personal failure has disqualified you from a great future. And Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? He says, oh, master, you know I love you. He says, Peter, do you love me? The third time, Peter says, oh, Jesus, you know I love you. And you know what Jesus said to him? He says, Peter, then that settles it. Feed my sheep. Get back to work. Peter, go the distance. And that's what Jesus is saying to you. He says, I know you love me. And because you love me, I need you to get back in the game. I need you to go the distance. No quitters here. 
Come on, say it with me. Say, no quitters here. Say it again. Say, no quitters here. I love this. I want you to catch his last verse. Jesus ends the conversation with Peter by saying this, John 21, 19. Then Jesus said to Peter, follow me. (laughs) He said that three years ago. Yeah, but Peter, you had a personal failure. So here's what we're going to do. Follow me again. So some of you need to hear that today. Jesus is coming to you and saying, it's okay. I, I know. In fact, in fact, while you was out there messing up, I was dying on the cross. I was, I was making a way so that failure, that sin could be forgiven. So, so, so Peter... Follow me again, Peter. You know, when you went back to living your old life because you felt like I hated you and I couldn't use you, you know what I was doing? I was being raised up from the dead three days later so that you could be raised up from your failure and get back in the game and go the distance. Come on, I'm here to tell you, Jesus paid the price. He took the sin. He took the failure. He nailed it to the cross. And then he was raised three days later so that you could rise up above that failure, that personal failure, that thing that wants to disqualify you. And now you can get back in the game. And now you can go the distance. (laughs) I'm done. I got more. I'm done, but I'm done. Come on, stand to your feet. I had all the can. Stand to your feet. Come on, stand to your feet. Nobody leaving. I'm going to ask in this moment, because I know there's a huge temptation. Would you just hold tight? Nobody moving. Just for a couple more minutes. We're getting ready to pray and give people an opportunity at all of our locations to receive Jesus. And, 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 and the enemy would love for the distractions to distract people from a from an application and a decision. We have, this whole service has come to this moment. And I'm just asking out of honor and respect to what God is doing in this moment. We're going to get you out of here. But I, but I want to close this service and I want to do it. I want to do it right. P- Peter, Peter, get back in the game. I died for your failure. I rose up so that you could rise up and go the distance. And you know, that's exactly what Peter did. Peter got back in the game. In fact, Peter experienced his best life after the fact. If you was to go to Peter and say, Hey, Peter, do you believe after three times and all that cussing that, that you could still have a better life? That you, you could be used by God in a mighty way? Peter would have said, Nah, man, that could never happen. And yet it did happen. And I think a lot of us, when we say, Hey, your best life is ahead of you. We, we disqualify ourselves. Well, that, that could never happen. I, I'm too old. I'm too this. I'm too that. I'm, my failure's too great. And yet the Bible's already promised you that, that the path of the godly gets better and better. You have not lived your best life yet, according to the Bible. And Peter could have felt that same way. But did you know Peter got back in the game, went the distance, and you know what happened? That same voice 40 days later that was cussing and swearing 
is the same voice 40 days later that God is using to birth the church in the book of Acts where thousands upon thousands of people get saved. And we're all here in church today because Peter got back in the game. Come on, you can do it. You can make it. No quitters here. We're going to go the distance. Oh, you can shout better than that. Somebody who wants to go the distance, shout yes. Father, I pray for all of our campuses, for all of our people. Come on, close your eyes. All the campuses. God, I pray that this message, that this series, God, would stir within this church. Father, we wouldn't draw back. We wouldn't pull back. That, God, you've made provision for us to go the distance, that our best days are still ahead. And, God, I pray today that, God, in that area of failure, that area of pain, that area where the rooster wants to crow and remind us of what we've done, God, I pray that your mercy, your grace, your forgiveness would bring healing to those areas in our lives. God, God, there's just simply things. In all of our lives, we said we would never, never do, and we're so ashamed. We've done them anyhow. But God, we're so grateful that there's healing and there's forgiveness and there's life after the failure. God, help the people's celebration to get back up and get back to work and get back in the game and go the distance. God, let a healing force of God's mercy cover celebration today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes one more time. I'm gonna give an opportunity for those that don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. This is where I really need believers praying. Nobody comes to the Father unless the Spirit draws them. But if you're here today, you have no relationship with Jesus. You've never followed him for the very first time. The Bible is very clear. All you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord. You shall be saved. To believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. It's as simple as that. If that's you here today, I want to lead you in a prayer in just a moment. But perhaps you're here today and and you're on the other side of that. You, you, You followed him at one time, but you're not following him anymore and you need to follow him again we call it rededicating your life perhaps you went back to your old life and you realized man this this is no good this is just nothing and what you need to do is rededicate your life to jesus today on any of those two invitations if that's you as believers are praying i'm going to look all over this congregation and i'm going to ask you to do something very gutsy would you just lift your hand right where you're at so god can see it and i know who i'm praying for just lift up hold up hands going up all over this auditor hold it up as high as you can get it God sees your hand today. I'm here to tell you mercy's coming. It's a new morning for you. It's a new day for you. You can put your hands down. Pray this prayer with me. Say, God, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe you died upon the cross. I believe you rose from the dead. You took my sin. And today, I ask you to forgive me of my failures, my sin. And today, from this day forward, I'm going to live for you. I surrender my life to you. I'm ready to go the distance. I put my trust in Jesus, in Jesus alone. Amen.
Hallelujah, Lord. God, I praise you. Let me pray for that. Father, I pray for those that prayed that prayer. Your word tells us that, God, what you've begun, you're going to complete it. God, I thank you that you are doing that work today. God, I thank you, Lord, that there is just healing flowing into people's lives today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.